Welcome back to Building Billions. I'm excited for today's episode because this one hits home for me. I am currently in Cabo San Lucas. We just arrived last night. I am officially on day one and did my normal Cabo routine this morning. Woke up early, made coffee, unpacked everything, and headed to the gym. Now, this is important because this gym is a reminder to me that you can change your life at any moment that you decide you want to make a change. Any singular moment. For me, my entire life changed going to this gym six years ago, and I made the decision back then to entirely reinvent myself. Now, going into 2024, because I've put in the work for the last few years, well, six plus years, to create the person that I am today, I don't feel the need to reinvent myself. So I'm gonna go through a different process this year for setting and refining my goals to go strong into 2024. That'll be the next podcast. But I wanna talk to the people, probably you if you're listening to this, who are struggling with, maybe you're not feeling so great about what you've been spending your time doing over the last few years. And you really have this strong urge and desire to reinvent yourself. You're taking inventory at this time of year in your life, and you're not happy with the friends that you're hanging out with. You're not happy with the environment that you've created. You're not happy with how much money you're making. Maybe you're not happy with the way your body looks. There are just all these different areas of your life that you are not happy and you recognize that you need to make a radical change, not just tweaks to stretch yourself further. I like to think of it as you don't really have the foundation in place. Six years ago, I did not have the foundation in place. And if that's you, this episode is going to be super, super helpful for you because I'm going to walk you through exactly what I did to go from not having a job, making $65,000 the year before, uh, really insecure, thinking that I might just be a housewife for the rest of my life to where I'm at today, which is I have a whole lot of confidence. I know what I'm great at. I know what I'm not great at. I have a significant amount of stats and results that I am so proud of. I have consistent routines and I really wake up every day liking myself. I can't say that of myself prior to six years ago. And so I want to share with you exactly what I did if you're looking for a massive change to reinvent yourself in 2024. So let's do this thing. The first thing that I recommend that you do, the first thing that is absolutely critical in reinventing yourself is figuring out what is it that you actually want to be known for. Now, I don't mean that you have to have this perfectly laid out 10-year plan. It's not what I'm saying. But in 10 years from now, pick your age right now, whatever that is. I'm 30. In 10 years from now, I will be 40. What do I want to be known for when I'm 40? Back six years ago, a huge driving force for me was who do I want to be at 30? And I had all of these visions of what my life was going to look like. And you might not be super clear on the details of those visions, but you can at least get some sort of idea about 
how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, the vacations that you go on, the confidence that you have in your body. Like there's the ability to just create this mocked up version of ourselves, of our future self far in the future. And one of the tools that was helpful for me back then was creating a vision board of who Natalie was at 30. And I sat down, took a bunch of magazines. It probably took me two or three hours. Just grabbed all of these images that really inspired me, that I really resonated with and associated my future self with. So once you're clear on the ethos of the person that you want to be, ideally you have some specific target in that. Back then, I wanted to be, you know, a strong female figure with badass girlfriends who was in control of her time and had confidence when she walked into a room and was articulate and classy and sophisticated. Because at the time, I wasn't any of those things. I was shy. I was very insecure. I didn't have stats in any area. So the vision board helped me create kind of this picture but really I wanted to create, by the time I was 30, the target was a $10 million net worth. I really wanted to, to have a number associated with, was I successful or was I not successful? Now, if you've listened to my previous podcast, you'll know that Sharon Lecter freaking blew this target of $10 million net worth out of the park uh, two years into this journey, so four years ago. But six years ago, because I was making $65,000 a year, I was like, man, at 30, if I could have a net worth of $10 million, that was a huge stretch target. And why that target was so important to me was I could determine whether or not I hit that target. And that target forced me to look at a whole bunch of different areas of my life that I would need to fix and clean up that were measurable to help me get there. So in order to have a $10 million net worth, I would have to get stats in a specific area, right? I'd have to know how business operates. 24-year-old Natalie had some understanding from the college textbooks and from the minimal experience I had at that point, but there wasn't a substantial grasp of business and finances and strategy and marketing and sales, I had a very shallow understanding of all of those things. So who did I have to become in order to create, at the time, the target, which was a $10 million net worth? So I would highly recommend that you pick one thing. I'm going to strongly make it a financial net worth target, especially if you are a business owner, if you are a leader, because money confronting money and setting a target around money heightens the bar in so many other areas of your life because it's not just about the money it's who you have to become and the skills you have to get the the skills you have to acquire and the people you need to surround yourself with in order to demand that exchange of money in the physical universe in 2023 2024 2025 2026 And so this idea of confronting money, if you can confront that, so many other areas of your life are going to get better. They will have to get better because in order to make money, you have to learn skills like discipline and accountability and structure and strategy. So I'm a huge proponent of a significant money target. 
that is obviously measurable and forces everything else in your life for you to really confront why you can't make that money right now. Making $65,000 a year, it was so unreal to me to have a $10 million net worth. Like I had to think so much bigger and recognize how much I didn't know, like really confront that in order for me to make the massive changes that need to be made. If it would have just been, oh, I want to ha- I want to make $100,000 a year. Right, next year, I want to make $200,000. The target was too small. The target wasn't going to allow me to actually make the changes that were required for me to think differently about who I needed to become. So that's really, you know, the first step. The first step is the 10 year picture or whatever that next milestone is for you. Maybe for me, it was a six year because I was turning 30. It might be 10 years for you. Getting the ethos of who you want to be. Maybe you dress really well and you're super fit and you're known for being the life of the party. And right now you're dressing really sloppy. You don't do your hair often. You struggle with speaking up and you're the wallflower at the party. So you have those qualities, but then you specifically define the one thing, in my case, it was net worth target, the one thing that in the future you want to be absolutely known for. Like I did this thing. I checked this off the box or I checked, I checked that off the box. I checked that box, whatever you get what I'm saying. Okay. Now, Once you've determined what that one thing is that you want, what do you not know that will be required to know in order to achieve that one thing? For me, it was not understanding accounting, not understanding taxes, not understanding marketing, not understanding sales. These four things really hindered me. And so I made a plan for that upcoming year to block out time every single day to improve my skill in that area. So in order to make a change, you have to actually make time for that change, which likely means you need to remove something. I used to be the biggest reality TV watcher. And if I'm honest, I still love reality TV. Real Housewives is my jam. That's what I do to unwind at night. I'll watch an episode a week. Uh, I'll normally split it into like three or four parts and that's how I unwind. But back then I used to watch hours and hours and hours and hours of Real Housewives a day and other reality type TV shows. So I recognized that that was a bad habit that was keeping me up late at night. That was not allowing me to get up early in the morning that I needed to kick. And it sucked. I hated it because the Real Housewives was like my escape. But then because I was watching it so much, I actually didn't make the time to do the things that I wanted to do. So I had to remove that, which made an additional two hours of time for me to learn new skills. And these books that I was reading, the accounting, taxes, marketing, sales books, I replaced the reality television show with reading those books and also any moment that I was driving, I was listening to a podcast on one of those topics. So that as I was developing myself, it wasn't just, oh, I'm, I'm going to spend this dedicated time and check this off the box. Jeez Louise, check this off the list. Check this off the list. There we go. Check that box or check this off the list. Whew, I'm glad I got that. I was not just checking a box. I was ch- changing my environment. 
So my car rides became listening to podcasts. It was no longer listening to music. All entertainment and leisure time became focused around this massive goal that I had that was so far out in the future. But I recognized today what skills I didn't have that I knew I was going to need to have and get an understanding of in order to get there, which slowly started to build my confidence as I made the commitment to myself and followed through with my commitment to myself that I wasn't going to watch reality TV and I wasn't going to be in entertainment. I was going to make sacrifices during this period of time. And my confidence just continued to grow and grow and grow. And eventually it didn't feel like a sacrifice to cut out that stuff. It just felt like it was who I was. It was a part of who I was. But the first few weeks sucked and was horrible and was awful and I hated it. So if you're listening to this going in 2024, just come to grips with now, it's gonna suck and you're gonna hate it until you make the change and until that becomes a part of you. But the feeling of strength and freedom and confidence that you have on the other side of that is priceless. You believing in you, you getting skills, you becoming smarter and investing in your future, there is no better feeling on this planet than doing that. There is no amount of money that somebody could give me to strip away the confidence that those moments gave me. But it started with me removing things. So at the time it was reality TV and it was the friends that I had that I was clinging on to for entertainment really, because they weren't even supportive of me. I, I clinged on to some friends in my life that I guess I just didn't want to be lonely. I don't know why I clinged on for, for as long as I did because they never really recognized my value. They didn't push me. They weren't proud of me. Like, I don't know what I got from those relationships outside of thinking that I needed to have friends and then those were the only people I had. So I spent time with those people, but I cut them out and started investing in myself. YouTube, books, podcasts, YouTube, books, podcasts, YouTube, books, podcasts. And it all started with making time on my calendar. So I'm going to ask you to do that right now. Pull out your calendar and block off time every single day, at least one hour a day, at least minimal 60 minutes a day going into 2024 for the first quarter of 2024. You got 90 days, block off an hour every single day for the thing that you want to be known for in 10 years. It might be a book, it might be a course, it might be a series of podcasts, a series of lectures. I don't care what it is, but block off that time right now. That is unprotected, nope. That is protected time, it is untouched time. I would recommend doing it in the morning so you have it just done, handled. Now, this is what helped me. And if you haven't done this yet, do this now. Do this within the next 48 hours. In order to reinvent yourself, it's likely that there's some parts of your behavior in the past that you're just not proud of, you're not happy with. As I mentioned earlier, it might be that you've put on weight and you don't feel comfortable in your body. It might be that you don't really know how to sell and so your income has been capped for many years. It might, mean that, might be that your business is just not growing and it's struggling 
and you just feel lost. Well, the best book that I have ever read, the book that changed my life six years ago, is a book called Sell or Be Sold. Because one of the first steps that you need to take is getting sold on you. Getting sold on yourself. And it's a little bit of the chicken or the egg because you're already recognizing that you're not sold on yourself and that you haven't fulfilled your commitments. But now you're supposed to be sold on yourself even though you haven't done the work yet to be sold on yourself. And that was kind of the thing that I always got myself into. It's like, well, how am I going to be confident when I go into a speaking gig and I'm not confident and I can't fake confidence. And so I know that I'm unconfident and then I show up unconfident, but I want to be confident. And I would just go around and around in these circles. Sell or be sold changed everything for me. It created this framework and the structure for me to believe in myself, for me to have quick wins that gave me more confidence. It is the perfect book for somebody who is looking to reinvent themselves because it gets you sold on you today, regardless of what your past looks like, regardless of whatever decisions you've made prior to this, regardless of what decisions you haven't made or sacrifices that you haven't made. It gets you sold on you and your future and why you deserve to be successful and why you have what it takes to be successful. And if you haven't read this book, you need to read this book. Now, when I read this six years ago and I wasn't sold on myself and I was just doubting who I was and if I really had what it takes, I was in Cabo San Lucas, where I am right now, at the same gym that I worked out at this morning. So the story is gonna come full circle. And I made sticky notes of all the things that I wanted to remember to do while I was reading this book. And so I'm going to read you some of these sticky notes. They are teal sticky notes. They're the mini ones. I don't like the big sticky notes because I don't write that much and there would be like small handwriting on these big sticky notes. So I use the mini sticky notes that are like the tealish bluey color. And this is what I wrote and put on my bathroom mirror to look at every single day. And I'm going to explain to you why each one of these things is impactful to me. So the first thing that I wrote down was commit 100%. Now the backstory on this is six years ago, I was so wishy-washy. I didn't want to commit to anything. I didn't want to get married to Brandon because I was uncertain about marriage, but I wanted to be in a committed long-term relationship with him, but I wouldn't get married and wasn't excited about being engaged. See, I was wishy-washy. In work, I wanted to have the title and have the role but I didn't want to have to have a specific schedule because we traveled a lot back then. And I didn't want to have to commit to certain team engagements because I knew that something, sometimes things would come up with Brandon that would be more fun to do than the less fun work of showing up to meetings. And I didn't want to have to pigeonhole myself into doing the non-fun things. But at the time I needed to do the non-fun things to get the skills that I didn't have. So this committing 100% was pivotal for my mindset to go from I'm wishy-washy and I'm just going to dabble to I'm all in, I'm doing this, I'm figuring this out, I'm not going to make excuses, I'm going to commit 100% to the things that I say that I'm going to do. Now, sticky note number two says ability to predict. There's a whole chapter, actually it's a series of chapters in Seller Resold, where it talks about when you become 
a professional, you have the ability to predict what's going to happen. So in a sales cycle, if you've made 10,000 sales calls and you've closed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals, at that point, you have the ability to predict what the customer is going to say so that you know what to say in order to overcome that objection. But if you only make a couple of sales calls, you don't have the ability to predict. You don't know what's gonna happen. It feels like everything is random. And the way he describes the randomness in life was so calming to me because my experience in business up until that point had been filled with failures and I wasn't able to predict properly what was going to happen because I wasn't a professional. And this idea of not always getting punched in the face, thinking that it was random, but being able to anticipate the punch coming so I could duck or I could defend myself was so helpful to me because it made me realize that shit isn't random that happens to you. Things are very predictable when you actually are committed to being a professional in the field that you are in. And if I would have known marketing, sales, accounting, taxes before when I was having those experiences where I was failing, it would have been so much more helpful for me because I could have predicted what was going to happen instead of constantly just feeling like I was being bludgeoned and thinking that business just, you just get punched in the face all the time and that's just what happens. No, it's not just what happens. You shouldn't get punched in the face. You should be able to duck because you know the punch is coming. So I found freedom in this idea of being able to predict what happens so that you can get two steps in front of it and not always feel like you're being victimized by what's happening in your business. The next sticky note that I have says, become a fanatic. Work, love, income. Average gets mediocre results. This goes a little bit to this idea of commit 100%, where being a fanatic means that you are known for being obsessed with something. And at the time, as I mentioned, I was just wishy-washy. I wasn't fanatic about anything. And part of that, if I'm really honest with myself, was because I didn't want to be rejected. I had such a huge fear of rejection that being a fanatic about something, if I'm a fanatic about my husband, well, at the time he was my boyfriend, if I'm a fanatic about him, but then he's not a fanatic about me, then I'm gonna be rejected. If I'm fanatic about making money, but I'm not able to make money, then I'm gonna feel like a failure. If I'm fanatic about my work, then people are just gonna think that all I do is work. And I had so many negative associations with work and making money that being fanatical about it was just like, oh, how gauche? Like who is a fanatic about that? Average gets mediocre results. This was such a huge confront for me that I really was average in so many things because I didn't have great results. I had mediocre results. Whereas if I was a fanatic, instead of deciding to be average, I would have had better results. Although I would have had a handful of failures that might've caused my ego to get bruised, might've caused me to feel rejected. At least being a fanatic would create the opportunity for me to continue to push on it and go all in on the thing instead of not really sound like I'm very excited, but secretly be excited about it. And then when I have opportunities, I don't really talk about the opportunities because I'm embarrassed about it. Like. It, my mindset back then was so broken. So that one was really helpful. Okay. The last one that I wrote down here, how can you fail? Question mark. 
when you confront what failure looks like, you become okay with that potential. And many times it just takes you becoming okay with the potential of failure for you to go all in on something. Because when you think about how you could fail in these different areas, it's really not that bad. In most situations, it is not life or death. And so when you ask yourself, how can you fail? You, you actually have to look at how bad you want the thing. Because if you really want something in this lifetime, if you really want a six pack, if you really want a net worth of $100 million or to create a business that services tens of thousands of people or to be an author or to be the world's greatest mother, if you really want those things, momentary failures that you can think about and rationalize and understand before you even start to pursue that path wouldn't deter you. The worst case scenario wouldn't deter you if you really wanted those things bad enough. And so remembering how can you fail? Well, the only way I can fail is if I honestly stop trying. If I wanted that bad, why would I stop trying? I wouldn't. I'm just going to keep going until I'm successful at this thing. So how can you fail? You really can't fail. And this question was just such a helpful reminder of like, if I'm going to reinvent myself, if I'm going to change everything about me, if I'm going to become disciplined and I'm going to become this badass woman in business that holds her own and is confident, how can I fail at doing that? If I really want that, if Natalie's life is going to be dependent upon her doing things that she wants to do, then I'm going to keep chipping away at that thing until I hit the target or I die. But the embarrassment along the way, guys, I did so many embarrassing things, other stupid things I did in Cabo. I created a blog called He's 25 Years Older and made all of my content about something that I knew a lot about, which was age gap relationships. And I look back and listen to the podcasts from them and from back then and the YouTube videos from back then, and they were horrific. Like, what was I doing? But I was committed to working out my confidence, which came through the vehicle of a podcast and a blog of putting myself out there and being better at speaking, being better at writing, getting known, all of these things that I was learning from marketing, from sales, I was implementing into this blog, into this podcast and building a website and just understanding the back end of stuff so that now as a business owner, I have so much more context than if I wouldn't have done that, but it's cringy and it's embarrassing and I just had to commit through it so you go with your bad idea and you commit to the bad idea until the bad idea teaches you how to create better ideas and how to commit further. And I have Brandon Dawson just doing a little dancey dance. He just found me in my podcast little area. Uh, he was part of the podcast. Luckily, I had a supportive spouse that allowed me to do these very cringy and embarrassing things. But I wasn't willing to fail and I wasn't willing to give up on this 10 year picture of Natalie. And it almost chokes me up a little bit. Well, it does choke me up a little bit to think that I've done all of these things and more, so much more than I thought I could do in the six years that I made these sacrifices. And I'm more confident today than ever before that anybody can do this. It does not take somebody with a specific background. It doesn't take somebody with a pedigree or a family or connections. It takes these steps. It takes you being clear, you making time for the things that you want to become. 
you learning from books and podcasts and all of this stuff is available to you. And you can change just by getting the confidence. So you have to get confidence in those areas. It's the small things that matter, the small incremental steps to get to where you wanna go to raise your confidence are the building blocks. It's the foundation for whatever version of you you are going after. I'm rooting for you. I'm pulling for you. I believe in you. I know you can do this because I, six years ago, was about ready to retire at 24 years old and be a housewife, which was everything that I never thought I was going to become when I was a 12-year-old girl dreaming about what my life was going to look like. And today, I've achieved all of those things and then some that I dreamed of and it didn't take some special thing. It just took me taking myself seriously, making sacrifices and being unwavering in my commitment of my dreams and my goals and getting everybody in my life on board with me. But it started with me getting on board with me.